0: Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. So, what's going to be on the radar for investors this week? Well, you can expect to see these three letters quite a bit in the coming days. SVB. Traders are bracing themselves for the risk of more turbulence with the fallout from Silicon Valley Bank, and this is being described as the biggest U.S. bank collapse since the 2008 financial crisis. And that is sending shockwaves through markets, and everyone is trying to scramble to see how much exposure they have. That's Let's unpack your Charu Chanana. She is the market strategist for Saxo Capital Singapore. Morning, Charu. Looks like it's been quite a busy weekend for you.
1: Hi. Hey, yes. Uh, good morning, Ryan. Not just for me, but I think anybody who's <laughs> just, like exposed to the financial markets has probably had a big uh, weekend you know, of worry. Uh, but I think we are getting some positive headlines this morning. Yes. Yeah, Charu. Uh,
0: Let's start yeah. with last week first. There was some inkling of this happening. And then we had the implosion. What us through the reactions you're seeing so far.
1: Uh, so I think I mean you know just just stepping back yes you know no, I think that's a good way to start with it I think the whole idea here was that uh, you know this SVB bank um, uh, it, it's a, it's a very unusual bank so the first thing that kind of really struck me is that because it's such an unusual bank despite that the risks or the the threat is seeing. Um, you know, for a contagion, that was quite surprising to me. But, uh, you know, like we say, you know, the Fed will hike until something breaks. And, you know, there was obviously this fear that this could be something. Uh, So I think uh, that was really uh, the the key point last week. And uh, I think more than the risks of a financial um, contagion or for the bank depositors per se, I think it was the fear in the market and everyone rushing to withdraw their deposits. So I think that, again, is something which we could still see lingering on because the fed is still hiking and people will now be more concerned about what deposits they have in the bank so i guess even with the you know the authorities now stepping in we potentially can see those um, you know deposits being withdrawn at a very rapid pace still
0: yeah in some fashion this was a self-fulfilling prophecy because some people are arguing that if all these people did not panic and withdraw their money things would still be okay but of course that is moot because SVB has collapsed and a lot of it has been well described a, a large concentration in the startup ecosystem many of these startups parked money with SVB they couldn't lend it out as they would with a typical banking model because no one needed the money so they put it in long dated bonds and as yep. those rate hikes continued those bonds became less of value and they were forced to sell it to raise cash and then here we are with SVB just in a big hole so So that is something that people are trying to figure out. Is this going to mean we might see more SVBs down the road? And I think there is a bit of a divided camp here. Are we going to see this spilling over to the rest of the banking industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, that's really the big risk that uh, we need to be kind of, you know, be wary about because, uh, of course, we know, like, the SVB... um, uh, Ecosystem is very different from a normal bank, where you know a normal bank would have deposits, but it would also have loans. So it can make up, uh, you know, uh, the the differential in interest rates or the higher interest rates can be offset a little bit by giving loans also at higher rates. Mm. Um, so I mean, uh, my sense is that the overall systemic risk uh, to the banking sector is pretty small. Only those banks which have a high securities to assets uh, uh, ratio would probably be exposed to something like this. Um, and overall, you know, I mean, we've seen that the U.S. banking sector is relatively now more, um, healthy compared to what we had seen, um, in the global financial crisis. So, um, I I would say that the risks are pretty contained at this moment. I mean, there could be some more fallouts and I think that will again be driven more because of this rush of depositors or the fear mongering in the, in the banking sector. Uh, rather than any clear risk, and now anyway, we have the Fed coming out with this backstop mm. funding facility, which should obviously you know keep um some sentiment uh, also in check
0: yeah let 's talk about the reaction so far to what 's been playing out in the Asian opening hours. You saw markets slightly under pressure, but before you talked about the Fed coming out to reassure markets to some extent that they'll be there to intervene if needed, it seems to be giving some relief to markets.
1: Uh yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, uh, some positive headlines after what we saw on Thursday and Friday is obviously quite welcome. Equity futures are turning positive uh this morning, but again, I would kind of emphasize that not all risks have, you know, gone away. One um it clearly shows that the US authorities were wary of some kind of a systemic risk mm. here. Um, you know that's the that's the whole reason they worked all weekend and kind of came up with something just before Monday opened uh, for the markets. Um, and the fact that they announced a bailout not just for SBB depositors but also a more broad funding scheme for banks again suggests that there are still more pockets of risk in the sector. Uh, so I think these are some things we need to continue to watch. I mean, even though the first reaction is obviously positive because we are coming from such a low base, but uh, um, and also you know in this whole arrangement that. The Fed has announced. The equity investors are still not protected.
0: Yeah, that's so, um, like.
1: Yeah, so the equity markets could continue to stay under pressure. But I think a positive way also to look at it would be that uh, the whole situation kind of reaffirms that the Fed will be more cautious of its tightening cycle. I would say that there's hardly a chance that they could go back to a 50 basis points rate hike now in March. I think uh, so. That obviously will also ease some concerns for the market.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of um, expectations or these discussions about what the Fed might do, if 25 or 50. Perhaps with the latest chaos, it might start to think twice or even more about. Raising rates as aggressively as it has been doing so to avoid any further um, nerves at least. So that's something to keep in mind as you head into the FMC meeting in a week or so. So that's uh, something to look out for. And of course, we will have the US inflation data out this week. What are we expecting, Charu?
1: Um, Yeah, I think this week all the other releases might actually be sidelined and the focus will probably, you know, stay on these financial sector risks. But I think overall the U.S. data will still uh, continue to give us the same message that inflation is still quite high and consumer remains strong. So there's a lot of spending power still. Uh, So U.S. inflation, particularly CPI due tomorrow, um, I think that is obviously going to be, it was the last test for the Fed on whether they can actually move back to 50 or no. So after we had this job seat on Friday, which was a little mixed, and now these risks of a financial sector uh, crisis, I think like I said, you know, there's potentially even if we see a slightly stronger than expected CPI, we potentially wouldn't see uh, the Fed going back to a 50, but still continuing with a 25. I think uh, expectations are for about 0.4% increase uh, month on month and uh, 6% increase on an year-on-year basis. Uh, But I think, of course, again, more important to watch whether the good disinflation continues or not and how sticky is the services inflation. I think These are the two aspects which for now together are moving higher and kind of um, uh, pushing the Fed to be more aggressive. But if they start to slow down a little bit, then the Fed could be a little bit more relaxed about their tightening cycle as well.
0: Yeah, another central bank in focus would be the ECB at its next meeting. It seems like expectations are widely for a 50 basis point hike because of the high inflation numbers that seem to be quite um, stubborn. What are you expecting for the coming um, meetings?
1: Yeah so I think for ECB this week um, like you said you know the 50 basis points obviously seems to be a given because that's how you know data has like inflation has been stronger than expected that's how commentary has been most of the um ECB members who spoke over the last month or so have been hinting that they would go for a 50 basis points in March as well. So I think that's obviously given to so the focus will really be on the guidance for the path of interest rates from here as well as also on you know comments around the risks of a financial contagion spreading from that SVB collapse uh, because that's obviously of global concern it's not just limited to the US. Uh, so I think uh, how uh, that plays into ECB's forecasts, and of course, their, I think um, their inflation forecasts are also going to be of uh, relevance because uh, the core inflation expectations will likely be revised higher after we saw strong reads in both January and February. So, 2023 overall will expect it to, is, is expected to come in higher as well. Uh, so I think how how they manage this tightening need because of inflation versus the financial risks I think that's going to be important to watch
0: And just a quick one, Charu, China is also on the data watch list, in fact a data dump
1: Yeah, absolutely and China data is extremely uh, important to watch I would say because um, so far we've not had convincing signs of a pickup in activity in the Chinese economy ever since they kind of parted with those uh, zero COVID measures so I think uh, retail sales, how that fares out is going to give us a big indication as to how the consumers are coming back in China. Industrial production could still continue to dis- uh, disappoint because of the weakness in external demand. So I think that would be given a little bit less weightage. But um, anything uh, that signals a recovery in the in the, in the the Chinese consumer will certainly be extremely relevant for the market.
0: All right, we'll see how that China reopening story plays out. We've been chatting with Charu Chanana. She is the market strategist for Saxo Capital Singapore.